I just got a quick story here I want to start off with this morning. It says, a 15-year-old young man came home from school. He was hungry as a bear. He went into the kitchen to ask his mom to fix his usual afternoon snack, but she wasn't there. He went looking through the house, but she was nowhere to be found. He finally found his mother in bed, and he was concerned. Mom, are you sick or something? Well, as a matter of fact, his mother replied weakly, I'm not feeling too well. I'm sorry, Mom, the teen responded. After a brief pause, he then added, don't you worry a bit about dinner. I'm getting pretty, pretty big and growing up now, and I'll be happy to carry you down to the stove. <laughs> I tell that story because sometimes we take our mothers for granted. We take everything they do for granted. Now, one thing I want you to understand today is I'm not only talking about our natural mothers, but I'm talking about stepmothers. I'm talking about spiritual mothers. I'm talking if you're a woman, you have the opportunity to be a mother to the next generation. You don't have to have kids to be a mother. Because I've, had, I've, I've got people in my life. Now, I don't know about you, but I was blessed with a mom who would pray for me, who would tell me not to do anything stupid, who would let me do stupid things so I would learn. So I, I had a, a, a good mother. And there's a lot of people who don't have good mothers. There's a lot of people who have absentee mothers. There's a lot of people who just have mothers that just don't care. They look at their kids as a paycheck. But it shouldn't be that way. The Bible talks in a lot of different places about mothers. And in fact, the verse I wasn't going to read today, I'll just give you a, just a quick synopsis of what it says in Exodus. It's, it basically tells us not to um, ignore our mothers, abuse our mothers or fathers. And in fact, it says right after that, that if you do, if you mistreat your parents in any way, you should be stoned to death. Now, that's not something we want to hear today, is it? No, of course not. Thank you. The other people weren't sure if they wanted to hear it or not. Um, and so what we need to understand is that we're going to talk about honoring mothers today. And here's the thing with honor. In our culture today, we tell people honor is earned. Yeah, I will not honor and respect you unless you deserve it. God, in his fifth commandment, says, honor your father and mother. Did, anywhere in there does it say if you got a good one. See, in God's economy and in God's blessing, honor is given. If we remember Daniel and the story of Daniel when he was serving the king in Babylon, he honored the king, even though he didn't agree with anything that king was doing. He still gave the king honor and was blessed by God because of it. See, honoring our parents isn't so much for their benefit, it's for ours. We're being obedient to what God says. And the, the beauty thing about that in Exodus 20.12, it says, here's what happens when you honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And then Paul says in Ephesians 6, 2 and 3, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment that has a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. Now that's not talking about, I'm going to live to 90 if I honor my mom and dad. 
It's saying the life I have is a life worth living. See, too often when we don't obey what God tells us, we are short-circuiting his blessings in our life to live the life that others need us to live. See, we need to honor our parents. And today, especially, we want to honor our mothers. I said, this is going to be a quick message on just the understanding, like I said, whether you've had a Christian mother, whether you haven't had a Christian mother, whether you're not sure if you had someone who prayed for you. If you're female and here today, you have the opportunity to right now to start, to change the legacy. And as guys, we have the opportunity to change that legacy as well and how we treat our wives, our, our mothers, or other spiritual mothers, or other women in the church. How we treat them shows us how, we're, how, how obedient we are to God. Do we want the world seeing our marriages like theirs? No. Okay, so I wasn't sure if you guys wanted yours like everyone else's. See, I was, ta- I was talking to Shelly this week about it, and in a marriage, my, my hope in most marriages, what you try to do is you try to outlove each other. If I can outlove my wife and she tries to outlove me, what happens in that marriage? We're not competing to see who's first. We're competing to see who can serve the other the most. That's honor. Honoring is less about just saying, but it's ascribing value to that person. So today, I hope that if your mother's still alive, give her a call. Say thank you. Because the first thing for us to bless and honor our mothers is to give verbal affirmation. See, most of the time, our, as kids, we just think our moms know that, that, we, that we love them. They don't. Okay, maybe mine didn't. Yours might all know this. Because of how I acted. So occasionally we have to say it. We have to say thank you. We have to say we appreciate you. And the reason why we want to do that is if you look in Proverbs chapter 31, the very last passage is an extended description of the knife, a wife of noble character. And if you read 28 to 31, it says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. See, if we read that and we we pay attention to what's being said there, the word praise appears three times. Praise is a verbal affirmation of appreciation of thank you for doing everything you've done. Now, he does does say beauty is fleeting and charm is deceptive. So that's just a warning to you women. Your look's going to go away. It says so right there. You guys are really like, hello. (laughs) Think about this, guys. How often do you just say thank you to your mom? None of us do, I don't think. 
And so we need to verbally thank them for everything done. Because like I said, if you've, if you've had a mother or you have a spiritual mother that's been willing to pray for you, or you have a sister in Christ who's been willing to pray for you, they deserve your affirmation. They deserve value. They deserve to be treated well. Because when we read that verse, it says, her children rise up and they call her blessed. Now, when you're mad at your mom, do you call her blessed? No. But we should. Why? Because none of y'all be here today without your mom. Think about it. She took care of you when you were little. She took care of your needs. She needs to know. Because women do like that, guys. They do like to hear it, that they're appreciated. The second thing we look at after we want to give that verbal affirmation is we want some practical application. Okay, now if I tell my mom I appreciate her and then tell her to go sit down and shut up. Practical application of my verbal affirmation just went out the window, didn't it? See, so there has, <laughs> there has to be some actions behind what we say. See, Paul in 1 Corinthians or in 1 Timothy in chapter 5, he gives a long detailed list and set of instructions on how the church ought to care for its widows. See, as Christians, we have an obligation to take care of the weak and vulnerable in our midst. In fact, James 1:2 says. Pure and undefiled religion is taking care of widows and orphans. Okay, so Paul is giving us a list in chapter 5, and it says, you know, young women teach the older women, dress modestly, do all this type of stuff, and then he talks about men, and he goes through this whole list. But in, five, in 1 Timothy 5.4, Paul challenges us as Christians and says, if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family. See, too often our parents start getting older, and what do we do? Their material needs might be met, but do you just go hang out with them? See, Paul is challenging us as Christians to take care of our parents. Why? Because they took care of us. And some of it not, may not have been good. So there may need to be some forgiveness in that. And all of that is fine. But Paul is saying, you know, It's pleasing to God when you help take care of your parents as they get older. See, it's repaying your parents for what they've done. So one of the ways to bless your mom is to come to her aid when she needs assistance. And, and I can say that because how many times has she assisted you? How many times has she been there for you? How many times when you were sick was she the one that was there making your chicken noodle soup? How many times when you stepped out of the line was she the one who broke a spoon? <laughs> Several, exactly. I think we own stock in the Wood Spoon Company. When we were helpless as babies, when we were unable to take care of ourselves, she was there. And if she wasn't, start today to make a difference. Forgive your mother and start making a difference in the next one. Start making a difference in the next generation.
In Matthew 15, Jesus lit into the Pharisees for using a legalistic loophole in their religion to avoid taking care of elderly people. See, when we provide practical assistance to our elderly parents, it involves a balancing act. Because first and foremost, my first relationship is with God. My second relationship, because I am married, is to my wife. But after that, I need to take care of my family. So my ministry is, is down on that list of things I need to do. This is what God's called me to do, yes. But if I neglect my relationship with him, my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my parents, or my relationship with the kids, I'm taking God's priorities out of order. See, I have to do what he's called me to do because I'm responsible to my wife and I'm, I'm responsible to my parents. Genesis 2.4 says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. That's, that's, that makes it clear what my priorities have to be. Now, I've spent a lot of time recently at the church working. But you can ask Christy, I annoy her to no end because if she's off during the day, I don't go into the church until the afternoon because she's at home and I'd rather spend time with my wife. Then I go to the church and work. I've done that intentionally. Why? Because that building is not more important than her. Much as I love you guys, you are not more important than my wife. Do you have that priority to honor your mother that way? Or do other things come up and you say, sorry, Mom, can't come over today. Now, there are times that's going to happen. Don't hear me wrong. But be there when she needs it, because she was always there for you. See, it's a responsibility that lasts a lifetime to honor our father and mother. It doesn't end when we graduate. It doesn't end when we move out. It doesn't end when we get a job. It doesn't end when we get married. It ends when we die, not them. Because guess what? I can still honor my dad today, even though he's been dead for 30 years. I can still honor him. And I can forgive him for things that did happen. And that's what we need to do, is we need to learn forgiveness for our parents who have hurt us. Because I think that's a lot of what we're seeing in culture today. And we need to forgive them. We need to have people, help people forgive their parents and realize honoring their parents will bring so much more joy. It doesn't mean, if it's a horrible parent, it doesn't mean going to hang out with them and doing all that stuff. But it means to ascribe value to them because they ascribed value to you. So today I want to challenge you to do that. If your, parent, if your mother's older, give her a call. We'll take her out for a car ride. I'm cooking lunch for mine. Now, I will say, joking around this morning, it's Mother's Day, and I told her if she wanted to see me, she gets to come up here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, But again, I'm, I'm going to do what I have to to help take care of her. For the, over till, till my daughter moved up and started helping take care of her, guess what? In the summertime, I was driving down and, and mowing her lawn for her because I felt that's what I should do. And so we, we honor our parents by helping them out in any way we can. 
See, we don't want to force our partner to do that, but guess what? I can't stop Christy from going to take care of her dad either because that would be wrong. And like I said, James 1.27 says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. We, we see it on TV shows and this frustrates me to no end. A lot of times as parents get older, it's all about jokingly saying, let's just lock them up in a home. That is a sad state of where we sit as a culture today because we laugh about that. When if the church stood up and did what it was supposed to do, we started hospitals. We started the ministry of helping people. And somewhere along the line, we began to think it was the government's job to take care of people. It never flip-flopped with God. God said, take care of your parents. Honor your parents. Honor your mother. Honor your father. Don't tick off your kids if you're a parent. It does say that too. That's the next verse. That's a whole nother series. And the third thing, third way we can bless our moms today is learn to live a godly life. Mothers, if you think about it, are generally unselfish. I remember at my grandma's funeral, and this happened more than once, but my grandma's funeral just popped into my head when I was thinking about it. My dad had five brothers and five sisters, so there was 11 in his family, and then my grandpa and my grandma. And I remember him talking about a story of one time where they were eating dinner, and all of a sudden there wasn't enough dessert for everyone. And my grandma making the statement, well, I never liked apple pie that much anyways. Come to find out it was her favorite pie. Mothers will give and say they don't like it just so their kids can receive. So mothers, just as who they are, the very nature is she will subordinate her own welfare for her children. From the fact at birth, from what I've heard is painful, for the sake of her children, that sacrificial love never ends. Noel Whitlock tells the story of an elderly lady who was suffered a catastrophic fire. Her house burned completely to the ground. There was nothing left but ashes. The woman lost her furniture, clothes, everything. When her son, who lived in another state, heard the news, he immediately called his mother. Mom, is everything okay? Are you all right? Were you hurt at all? She said, I'm fine. I've lost everything, but I'm all right. He said, well, Mom, do you have any money? She responded, yes, son. How much do you need? That's a mother's love. They will give beyond because that's who God has called you to be. And so I just think it's reasonable expectation just to love back that much. One time a year, can we honor our mothers that way? It should be a daily thing. 
but we do it, try to make you guys do it once a year. See, there's one thing a Christian mom wants more than anything else, and that is to see your children be spiritually successful, not worldly successful. I've told all of my kids, because they're like, oh, we know you want us to do, you have no idea what I want for you. What I want for you is to be happy. And that's what your mother wants for you is to be happy. And I happen to know that the best way to be happy is a wise son, it says, makes a glad father. But a foolish son is the grief to his mother. You want to make your parents happy? Start living a godly life. Start living an unselfish life for others. That was Proverbs 10.1. One of life's heaviest burdens is to have a child who is living an ungodly life, who is struggling, who is fighting, who you know life would be so much easier if they would just choose. And so as children, guess what? My mom got to live through that for 30 years of me making bad choices. But now she gets to see a son that has changed who he was because of what God's done. And, gets to, and I'm, I'm willing to take a shot that she's happier with me now than she was then. Even though I had four cars, a house, everything paid for, did whatever we wanted. Worldly, we looked successful. Spiritually, we were bankrupt. Proverbs 23, 25 says, May your father and mother be glad. May she, get, she who gave you birth rejoice. And Proverbs 1, 8 and 9 says, my, ch- my child, listen when your father corrects you. Do not neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. So see, today is, is as much for your blessing as it is for your mother's. When we're obedient to what God's called us to do to honor mothers, it's a blessing back on us because we're just being obedient. So what I want to encourage you guys, and then I'm, I'm done reading this, I'm going to have you guys stand up and I want to pray over all the mothers. And again, doesn't matter if you have a child, doesn't matter if you do have a child. If you are female, I want to pray over you because you can be someone's mother today. It doesn't matter who it is. So moms, grandmas, you make a difference. I want you to know that. In your children's life, the Bible says how you are going to make a difference in your grandchildren's and generations to come life by how you follow God today. Some people make a positive difference, but some make an eternal difference. And that's our challenge is following Christ. We want to make an eternal difference. So ask yourself this morning, is your faith genuine? Do your children see Christ living in you? Are you making God attractive to them through how you're living your life? Moms, thank you. Because I truly believe you make a difference. Grandmothers and great-grandmothers, thank you. You make a difference. See, I can guarantee my grandma, Minnie, was praying for me. Because that's who she was. 
Now, did she know what I was going to become? Not even sure she liked me that much. But she prayed, you have no idea the difference you're going to make in someone's life just by praying for them, just by loving them, just by being there. So today, what I, what I challenge you moms to do is be genuine in your faith and then give that faith to, your, to the children of this church. Our children's ministry is, is, is that. You all have an opportunity to touch a child's life by serving. And you can make a difference. This morning, moms, you are one decision away from making a difference in someone's life. And everyone else, you are one decision away from honoring your mother.